So it's, I apologize for the, the warmth in the base matters. If you fall asleep because of it, that's okay. I once time about that, somebody fell asleep during the schmooze. So somebody asked like how I felt. I said I felt very good. This person got a chance to be rested. He walked, went home. Afterwards, he was very rested. He said he was nice to his wife, and I got all the exclusive because I said the schmooze, and he fell asleep. So like, like, why, like, why should I be upset? The um, Shavuos is a fascinating yomtiv. The Torah gives it multiple names. The Goyen actually says as a rem is in, in, in the name Shavuos. If you write the word Shavuos without the, without the, the vav, without the nikud, so it's Shin, Beis, Ayin, Tov. Shin is for Shavuos, Beis is for Pikurim, Ayin is for Atzeris, and Tov is for Matan Torah. For Torah. So in the, the name Shavuos, you have the rem is of the names of the yomtiv. But actually, the Torah has two other names for it. The Torah refers to it, refers to it as Chag HaKotzir, in the Parsons of Mishpatim. So, in Kapitel Chav Gimel, Pasuk Tezayin. Well, Pasuk Yudal says, Shalosh Reglim is Tuchagli Bashano, it's Chag HaMatzos Tishmor. That's Pasuk Tezvav. Pasuk Tezayin, Chag HaKotzir, Bekirei Maasecha, Shetizah Basodeh, Chag HaOsif, Tzitzes HaShano, so the Torah refers to it as Chag HaKotzir and it's also referred to as Yemach HaMishim so the Rosh Hashanah is the remnant for that is Chukas Sheva Chamishim Kotzir Torah is Chukas Sheva is Shavuos Bikur Matzeris so the Torah is Kaveya different names for the Yom Tov the Torah is Kaveya different names for the Yom Tov each name obviously in some way Adds to our understanding of what the Yomtiv represents. So, a name for those of you who have not heard it from me yet, you will hear it from me again, right? Right. The name is that describes what's the mitzvah and what something is there. So, the, 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 the Ibn Ezra points out that the word the word shame name is related to the word shom, which means there. So I want to I want to tell you about about somebody who who he is. I say, listen, he's about he's about he's about five he's five eight and he has black hair and he wears glasses, etc. I'm not sure what you mean, Ruvain. Oh, that's who you mean. So it's a way to point to the person. There he is. Shame is related to the word Shaw. So shame regards to yomtiv means that there there is the yomtiv. There it is. The name. The, Captures what the yomtiv means. The Torah gives the yomtiv multiple names. Means there are different elements in the yomtiv which need to be understood. How each one is in some way enhancing, expanding our understanding uh, of the yomtiv. Furthermore, the idea that the yomtiv are called—it's called Chag Kotsir, It's the the Chag Aviv. The Torah refers to in the uh, parshas. Kisisa, the Torah again says the Yom Tovim and it calls the the Chag Shavuos to send the Rabbi Kirei Kitzir Chitim the Chag Osit to Kuvas Hashana. So the Torah describes the 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 Chag Amatzos is Bechadish Aviv. It's with Afka. It has to do with with Aviv. Kotzir Asifa. So the Goyim also have the Goyim have their uh, harvest festivals. So the Torah is connecting it to, to the harvest. That's very strange. So the morale says that uh, 
the way I the way I've seen it brought down. There's Gemara and Shabbos in the first parak. The Gemara and Shabbos says that if I give a person a matana, so he should appreciate what he's getting. I have to inform him that I gave it to him. So the Gemara says a story that if you if you give a meal to a child, so you took care of the child. The mother is not aware that you took care of her child. She, if she'd be aware, she would it would create a, a friendship between the two of you. You've fed her child. Jewish mother loves that her children should be fed. You fed her child. She appreciates that very much. So the child is not necessarily going to go, going to go home and inform his mother what happened. So, so the more so the solution is you take a little bit of the jelly and you smear it on his face. All right. See, so, you know, the kid doesn't mind having jelly in his face. He goes home and says, "Mother says, why is the jelly on your face?" Says, "Oh, because I was by Rabbi Rangel's house and he gave me gave me a, je- a, a jelly sandwich." Ah. Oh. So she called, but why you give my son jelly? No, no. okay, whatever. She, uh, you, you give him something that you know the, the mother will appreciate. So more says, "Sir, Lord, do you?" So Tosha says, I we find Mata Besaiser Yakafa Alf. Pasik says in Mishlay that if you give a Dafka Mata Besaiser, Tosha says when you're giving it Darf Stoko, not as a friendship, but as a Stoko, that obviously it's embarrassing to the person. It's better that it should be Besaiser. It should be anonymous. But if it's a question of relationship and I want to enhance the relationship, I want to be friends with you, that you should know that I gave you Matana, you should be aware of it. Rabbi Victor Miller's at Sal said, you know. Once upon a time, the marshal that you use is a little bit outdated for most of you. That the the precision of a of a watch that it should run perfectly nowadays they, it's done digitally. It's done, but the the more even nowadays the chronological watches which are done you know made there's there's the precision is that they have this these little. Uh, cogs inside, there's little wheels inside which are moving, and if they wear away and they don't work well, they're not precise, it's not going to keep time well. So the way you put instead of using metal, you use gems, you use jewels. And these are very, they're very, can be very sharp, and they can remain sharp for quite a long time. So the more expensive watches will tell you it's a 17 jewel watch, it's a 21 jewel watch. So you give somebody a matana with the watches, don't take out the piece of paper which says how many jewels the watch is. You wanted to know that you bought him a watch, which is a very expensive watch. You didn't buy him just a regular watch. Let him know that. Because the whole purpose of giving him a thought is to create a, a, a relationship between two people to enhance the, the friendship. You should know that I was willing to spend a lot of money on you. So Roshim gives Klai Yisholem called Pesach, called Shuas, called Sukkis. And the Roshim, besides giving us the Yomtev, there are certain hashpos and certain th- the opportunities which the Roshim puts in the Bria that you should be aware of that, that come together with the Yomtev. So how are you going to know? So Roshim takes that Madrego, the Ruchnius, and he expresses it in Gashmis as well. So he gives us a, a Gashmistic expression of the Ruchnius, so I, I'm, I'm aware of it. So Pesach is the time of the year of Iskachas. How do I know that? Because the Russian made the natural reality of his conscious, the physical his conscious, in the springtime, to parallel the Ruchliistic reality, so you could become aware that if you want to be Mechadish yourself, or you want to get his conscious, this is the time of year where Ruchliist can mean Mechadish. How do you know? Because the Russian informed you through the Gashmias. So it, it's Gabor Gabor, the Post is referring to the Madragas and Madragas and Shemayim. There's something which exists at a very high level in a very ruchnistic way, and as it's brought down to lower and lower levels, it becomes more and more physical. So that which we're seeing in a physical expression really starts out in a ruchnistic expression. So, shuas is chagakotzer. 
Sukkot is Chag Asif. So the the, 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 the agricultural s- cycle of Eretz Yisrael would rain in the winter. They would um, they would plant towards the end of the winter. Something more so they would actually plant. They could do multiple cycles. They would plant towards the end of the winter. It would grow, and they needed the sun to grow. So that would the springtime. The, the rain is tapering off, but the sun is coming out. It would grow. They would start the kotzer shuas time, and then it would continue through the summer. They would leave it out until the, in, the, in the in the in the fields to dry because you want to store it away. It has to be totally dry, otherwise it's going to rot. If it's summertime, it doesn't rain in Eretz Yisrael. You can leave it out to dry. Right before the, 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 the rainy season in the winter, they would bring it back into the house. Chaga Osif. So Chaga Osif represents the idea that there's gathering in, in-gathering. So there's a tremendous opportunities of, ga- of absorbing in certain Rukhliyas. Roshaniyam Kippur Sukhistai. So what's Chaga Kotsir? What's the Chagakotsu? What does that represent to us? How is that, how is that enhancing our understanding of the Yom Tov? What does it mean that it's a Chagakotsu? Now, Kotsu is referring to grain which is growing, and it comes, the, the, the Shua's time is when the, 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 the harvest season is upon them. You're not celebrating harvesting. You're celebrating that the, the grain has grown to the point that you can harvest it. The harvest itself is not the, the, the advantage. It's the, the growth of the grain which you're celebrating. So we're looking at grain. Grain is so you put a seed in the ground, it grows, you harvest it, and that's it. The plant is gone. Next year you start over again. What's interesting is the Gomorrah says, Rosh Hashanah, that the Shavuos is connected to the Paris Elah. It says, with Shuas, you need an up, up, up Perseilon. So, why is Shuas connected to Perseilon, which is about tr- trees which already exist, which are producing fruit, not gr- growing anew, fresh from the ground every single time? So, the Perseilon is Shuas. And what's going on? There's a Gemara Megillah. The Gemara Megillah says that the meaning is. Ezra Tikkun Lehem, more says Ezra Tikkun Lehem, that they would lay in the Klolis Betaris Kahanim before Atzeris, that's the Moor's name for Shuas, and the Klolis, which is a Mishnah Torah, leave name Rosh Hashanah. Moor says, why? Tikla Shana Bekila Yisrael, let the year with all of its Klolis be finished, and the new, the new season should start. The new period should start. The new year should start with bracha. Tosis says that our kaviyas is we bedafka do not do it immediately adjacent to the yomtiv because that, that that itself might be a simon ra that you go from klala straight into the yomtiv. So there's always a buffer zone. So we lay in bechukosai and you lay in b'midbor. You'll never have shuas immediately after bechukosai. You always there's always the buffer of b'midbor between bechukosai and shuas. There's always a buffer of Nitzavim between Kisavai and Rosh Hashanah. How we were convey whether Nitzavim or Yelichus in this depends totally on this issue. Depending on if there's a Shabbos between Yom Kippur and Sukkis, so that's going to be Hazinu, which means that the Shabbos of Asar Shemeshuva is going to be Vayelich. And you cannot do Yelichus together, then you would have, have Kisavai right for Rosh Hashanah. So you have to split. 
Because if there's a Shabbos between Yom Kippur and Sukkot, by definition, the Tzav and Yelich are separate. They have the Tzav before Rosh Hashanah. They have a buffer between Kisavai and Rosh Hashanah. That's how we decide. That's how the calendar decides whether the Tzav and Yelich go together or not. That's all it depends on. Okay. So now let's look at Shavuos for our purposes. The Morris says, Rosh Hashanah understand that it's Yom Adin. But what's the Yom Adin? The Morris says the Yom Adin by, by Shavuos is the Paris Elon. So before we have the parasilum, we, we lay in Parshat B'chosai. What does Parshat B'chosai teach us about the brachas and the klolas? So the brachas focus very much on the physical elements of, of the, the world functioning properly. And the klolas talk about that part. They talk about the, the wars and, the, and the, the destruction which comes with it as well. But on the side of the bracha, there's a tremendous amount of focus on the uh, the uh, the abundance of produce that the world's going to produce. So what is that about? This idea of bracha is that schar mitzvah, schar mitzvah So Ramam says that what it's telling you is like this: when Christ does the rotten and the the Russian is going to make the world function in a, in a very, 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 very fruitful way. So we will have all of our needs to allow us to do more mitzvahs. So it's not it's not schar. You're not going to get your schar for doing your mitzvahs is because you're going to have a, because you do mitzvahs you get more grain to eat. That's not really a, a, such a big bracha. A schar for mitzvah because you get grain. Like you know, I'd rather have It's not nothing. It's not bechava. No schar. It's to guarantee Christ will have the wherewithal to be focused on tar mitzvahs. Rabban also says that it's not schar, but rather what the Pasuk is saying is that this is how the world should function normally. This is the natural state of the, of the Bria. That the Bria naturally is extremely fruitful. Tremendous produce. Tremendous abundance. Because we've, we've done a Beiriz, it doesn't function like that. So this is not schar. This is the normal state of being. This is what Gan Eden looked like. The, the matter says, even after Chetabar Marishan, before the, the Mabel, matter says that when they would plant the, the, the ground, even after the, 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 that, the, the ground doesn't produce, the, the Torah describes it, does, the Klola, it's not going to get, it's not going to produce for you. How much? One year's crop could, could supply people for food for 40 years. Before Mabel. That's the natural state of the world. It's tremendous, tremendous ability to produce. So the Torah is describing when Klayasul is going to be we're going to see a tremendous natural state of the Bria producing, producing, producing. That's the state of, Bria, of, of the Bria. Somewhere else says that Chagah Kotzer refers to the state of Shlemus of the Bria. The Kotzer is the moment when, the, when something reaches its Shlemus. Then you cut it. Then you, you, the human being, takes advantage of it. You, you use it. You take advantage of it. But what the what has happened is you've taken a reality which exists potentially, and you've given it the ability 
you, the Bershom has given it the ability to expand and develop its potential to its to full reality, and now there's nothing more to do. It's time to take advantage of it, to use it. That's the Karach of Kotzi. So the Bershom is telling us that the, the, the Torah is scribing that the Bershom made the physical reality parallel the spiritual reality that what Shuas brings to the table is the ability to take advantage of the potential which exists in ourselves. There's a mistake that we think that the Torah is superimposed upon us to make us something that we're not. Right? We, we, you know, man has limitations, man has issues. The Russian offered the Torah, gave the Torah to the world, which allows us to rise above who we are and become something other than what we really are. That's Matan Torah. Mistake. The purpose of the Torah is not to make man anything other than what man is supposed to be. The challenge which we have is we refuse and we do not we don't have the ability to see what man really is. Revolva writes in the Alishur Khalib Bays. I don't know where the island's learning with the what are they learning Alishur Khalib Bays, the older island. Where are you learning what's what what part? Alright, so in the beginning, he writes, if you want to really take advantage of the safer, if you're learning it yourself without a Rebbe teaching it to you, you have to learn it in order. So otherwise, you cannot take advantage of the safer. So the first order is there's a Merechah called Adam, Merechah's Adam. The second thing is Merechah's Atara. The third thing is Hadal and Musr. says, and now that you spent about 150 pages learning the introduction, now you can take advantage of the safer. He starts writing the Sefer, and about page 30 or 40 he says, by now you should have realized X. If you haven't realized X, you didn't get the whole point of what I've been saying until now. And this is what he writes. He says that the Torah is not to take, make you something other than what you really are. We are so confused of what, of God, what Adam is. The, the, the Torah describes Mashiach Besides that he's going to reinstate Kribanas, etc., the Torah describes the peace he's going to bring to the world. The Torah describes the greatness of the man. He has the ability to smell, the more says he can be Marach He can smell and judge a case of Dinitarmatin. So people can tell he can smell the MS. So that sounds like magic. Right? And the more the 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 the, the arrived, it says that the reason why they killed Bar Kokhba because he wasn't Marach but he claimed his Mashiach and he wasn't able to he wasn't able to be Marach Madoyan. Your Mashiach knew she was able to smell and be and pass in the case, he couldn't do it. He's lying, he's Mashiach, he's he's falsifying the Torah, no more uh, Bar Kokhba. Okay. So this is intrinsic. Why is it so important to know the Mashiach is Marach Madoyan? Why is it so important? Imagine I want to start a yeshiva, and I want to make a yeshiva. I want to make the best talmidim in the world. So I'm going to do two things. I'm going to create a program of a learning schedule, which I think will be the best learning schedule, davening schedule, whatever I think they need for their free time and not, etc. All of them take care of a, a, a system which I think will bring them to their potential. 
And then I'm going to people the yeshiva with individuals who represent what I want to accomplish. So that people will be inspired and have role models to know what it looks like. So we, the Torah gives me that system of what it means to bring a person to his potential. And I need you to know what it's supposed to look like. So the Torah describes Mashiach as that individual. This is what man could be. Man is so, is so perfect and so pure that he has the ability to smell Amos and Shekhar. It's not extraordinary. It's not a madriga which we're holding at, but I, let me finish the thought. I'm not asking us to go beyond our madriga. So just give you a marshal of this. There's a Maisa Shahoye. This is the documented Maisa. It's brought down in Arachonan. Arachonan was in America in 1938. He came fundraising for Shishiva. The war broke out. You know, he went back to Europe to be with his Tamidim. He says he belongs with his Tamidim. He could have saved himself and stayed in America. He did not want to do that. While he was here in America, they were, they were, he, he didn't drive, so there's people who were driving him, etc. One point in time, they drove him through a certain area of New York City. And Rukhadam said to them, What are you doing to me? This place stinks. The name of the place was Times Square. Times Square didn't smell physically, it smelled Rukhmius once. It smelled horribly, Rukhmius once. Rabbi Chodin says the place, it smells bad. Rabbi Chodin's nose smelled tumor. We're not talking about the Rizal. You know, you're talking about the Rizal that he was able to look at the mezuzah and tell you what the mezuzah is. They could look at the mezuzah and tell you the mezuzah is kosher or possible. We're not we're talking about Rabbi We're talking about a person 70 years ago. That's what man could be. That's not something superimposed upon man. That is the perfection of man. So the Pesach says in Yeshaya that the definition of man is going to be diminished. The more Chochmah of Kedem they have, the more technology that is developed, the more society looks at other things, they lose the understanding the value of man. The Nabi describes Chochmah's Kedem whatever Chochmah's Kedem means, the Eastern, the Eastern knowledge, right? all of their wisdom. Technology. That's our version of it. We, lo- we lose sight of the value of what greatness a man can accomplish. There's, no, there's nothing in the world, it's it, it artificial intelligence, robots can be as smart as human beings. Man is not described by the of being smart. Man is defined by being strong. There's animals which are much stronger than man. And there's computers which maybe are smarter than man. Well, that's not what's defined by us. There's the ability to make decisions which go against the grain of every part of your being because, that, because I understand their greater values and I'm willing to be mocked myself for these greater values. Rabbi Tversky once writes, he says, you know, I've never seen a wolf who went on a diet because he felt he did a virus and he needs to do, get, do tshuva. The, the kayak of, of, of godless of them to make those decisions and live with difficult decisions and do them because he understands there's a greater reality only man has. 
Torah gives you that balance of understanding, bringing them to, to fruition. The tree is the best muscle for that. The pears are not something new. The pears are the kirkas which exist in the tree, intrinsically. And the Russian made a nature in the Briga to bring out those pears. The kotzer, the, the, the grain, produces the same thing. But it's not as striking as the tree. So the pears of Elon are the muscle in that sense. The Kakakotzer is exactly the time. So Torah describes this Kakakotzer. Sometimes I believe that people are scared to believe in the potential that they have because that's Machai of them to change and to grow. I had a book here in the high school. So he was grappling with about going whether he should go to Israel or not to learn. As he said, he's afraid to go because he might want to decide that he wants to learn when he's there. He might change his whole attitude to life. So I said, but once you decide that, you want that. He said, but I'm scared to want that. What's familiar to us and what's comfortable is a challenge. We, growth is, it comes many times because we're challenged and it's not comfortable anymore. But we are, we are creatures of comfort. We're very comfortable where we are. If I start working on developing my potential, all of them expect it to be more because I realize I can't do more. But that's challenging. That's not comfortable. It's not comfortable for me. It's not comfortable for people around me. All of a sudden, like, what's what happened to Rheingold? He's all of a sudden, he's like, you know, really, I'm coming a master finally, right? Uh, you know, like, so the, the French chapter, like, you know, ah, you're filming out, aren't you? Like, why is that a joke? Because it's a challenge to them. If I film out, they, why, should, why aren't they? If I'm focusing on becoming more serious and taking life more seriously and using the the, the that I have, so then I'm challenging that. So the, the solution is either they have to do that or they have to not be uncomfortable so they're going to make me feel that I'm strange and they're normal. So the Torah describes this at the beginning of Vim Lashishmuli. It says, so what's the problem? The next thing is, so then you're not going to be Kiyomitsis. Uh, what's going to happen after that? So, the, so after that, you're is the next step. I'm uncomfortable when people do. I'm not doing, so I find people which do uncomfortable. So next step is Senechachamim. Then and then, so now I'm in a situation where I'm causing people not to do mitzvahs. That's uncomfortable. God said so. So the answer is kaifer shalot tzivisa. The Russian didn't give. The next step is kaifer baker. We don't like being uncomfortable. So we rationalize and we give excuses. So it's not my problem. This guy is too frum. You know, I, I think most people have this wonderful understanding of life that people who are not as frum me are just not frum enough. 
People are throwing in the yard like two from. And I sort of got it right. It's like, like we're not to approach your life. Where does that come from? Because we don't like being uncomfortable. Because if I'm not getting enough, so then do more. Well, that means I got to change. That's hard. So, the answer is those guys are too far from. And now you got to be from, so those guys are not from enough. And it's awesome to see, like everybody, like Mark Hashem, like everybody has it just right. Now, the truth is, each person has their right spot. And you should not bet yourself against anybody else. That's not the point. But I can be inspired, I can be affected by somebody else, and say that he has a lesson to teach me. But if I don't want that, so then, they make me uncomfortable. So then, uh, then the rabbi gets up and gives the shmuz. Some people leave before the shmuz. No, achasham. Uh, right? And then, Manez Hacher Milasos. Kaifer Shalatibisim. Kaifer Baker. It's all coming because we, are, we don't like being uncomfortable. We don't like looking at the reality that, that the Torah is describing there's tremendous potential in the world. There's potential inside, my, inside myself. And the Torah is the vehicle which allows me to expand and realize my potential. Not to become something that I'm not. Not to superimpose on me something which I'm not. That's not the point. It's to help me understand, look what mankind can be. Look, the Torah describes, We spoke about this once. The says there's nothing sweeter than revenge. The Torah describes a man who can have no grudge. Look what a human being could be. This person insulted me publicly. He defamed me. He defamed my, my family. He threatened me. He hurt me. He insulted me. He degraded me. Move on with life. Look what a look what he, look the God that saw them that's possible in such a situation. The Torah describes the Hatarekha that man can love somebody else as much as himself. So the Rambana means I'm not jealous at all. I'm happy for you just as much as me. You should be just as rich, just as smart, just as accomplished as me. I'm happy for you. That's what a human, human being could be. I'm not asking you to be this Meshuggah person. The Torah tells you, the same Torah tells you that there's a mitzvah to, 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 to have an Shabbos. The same Torah tells me that, that if you didn't, if your Shabbos tells me, you have to partake of every of all of the different sweet things the Russia made in the world. Enjoy the, the, plant, the plenty the Russia made for you. Enjoy it. I'm not asking you to be this ascetic. I'm not asking you to be a Meshuggah, no? But Im calls there that non Meshuggah can be such a special person. And they say that the, the, the Alter von Kellum said it says that Darwin said man comes came from monkey. I saw be so salat, but I know man did not come from monkey. That human being is not shy to come from a monkey. I, I have no titles in the society which believe man came from monkey because what do you want? They look at human beings that they look at. We we we, we don't control our urges. Whether it's, whether it's the urges of Taiva or of Gaiva or of Kina or of Covid. So we're behemoths. What's the else in our behemoth? But, every, but that's not true. Because every person has the moments where he does overcome them. And he does. And, look what, and, we, and we respect that tremendously. Why do we respect it? And the, and the, animal, and the animal kingdom, they wouldn't respect that. They would say he's a weakling. Because we're not animals. We're such extraordinary beings. 
Adam is an extraordinary being. And the Torah is the vehicle which gives you that balance of how much... And the Torah makes, makes the expectations for us, demands from us, but also gives us the, the lessons to get there. And it's not an avoid of one day. The, the guardian says that a person his whole life is here to, be, to, to, to work on his mitis. And if not, what's, what's the purpose of life? Which means that you're going to be challenged in that. Once and again and again and again, and when you pass one hurdle, the motion which they give is, I'm training a guy to go to the Olympics for hurdles, right? So, you know, first we train him to run quickly and get used to balance and jump. Then we put hurdles, so you put a hurdle, you put a two-foot hurdle. So the first time he does it, he knocks over a few hurdles, you know, doesn't do so good. So put him through the track again. Finally, after two or three weeks, he gets it down perfect. He's so excited, he's going to go out tomorrow, he's going to, he's going to, he's going to ace it. Comes out, the hurdles are two and a half feet tall. So, of course, he knocks him over again. Okay? Finally, after a few weeks, he aces that. He's so excited, he's going to mount, he's going to really get a schmack tomorrow, he goes out to another three feet tall. Right. So if the goal is to, uh, is that you have something greater to accomplish, you got to keep. We're going to keep stretching you. The parents want the child to learn how to walk. Right. So the child is holding close enough; it's possible the child could walk. And the parent holds something that his hand out to the child, a foot away from the child, and the child takes a step forward. To grab the parent's hand. So what does the parent do? He steps back. Because let's see if we can get him to do another step. The kid's goal is to grab the parent's hand. And he's very upset. Why did you step away from me? Why did you make it so hard? That's not the parent's goal. The parent's goal isn't to get the the kid to take one step. The parent's goal is to teach the child to walk. And to run. So the parent steps back and makes it harder. Yes, it's not easy. And yes, it's frustrating. And yes, sometimes why is it so hard? But, and, you know, can I take a break right now? Yes, the answer is you can take a break right now. You can take a rest. The Torah gives us a balance. Don't just end with, the, with, the, with just give a muscle of that. The disciple describes what he feels is the perfect day of a bacher. Now, I'm not saying it's the perfect day for every, any, every bacher, but just uh, the way he describes it. He says, there's 24 hours in a day. A barker should sleep eight hours a night, he says. You need to be well-rested. Right? And, and, and you bet you're going to learn much better if you're, if you're well-rested. Maisha Shehoya, Rashiva was in Eretz Yisrael, and he was by the stipler. The stipler said to him, I hear your barker and the yeshiva are not sleeping enough. I want you to go back and say a message in my name that a barker does not get eight hours sleep a night. It's going to be such an amoritz, he won't even understand a posh of Mishnah. That was the quote that the yeshiva would say over from the stipler. Yeshiva says I went back to went back to the yeshiva straight from the stipler because I'll say you don't go back to your, I went straight to base medish I gave a clap I have a shikas on the stipler to tell the bacharim that the stipler said if you don't see eight hours a night you're gonna be such an amoris you won't even understand a pasuk the mishnah the bacharim smiled at me went back to doing the same thing we're doing until now end the quote okay the stipler says the bacharim just sleep eight hours a night I had a chaver in yeshiva slept eight hours a night and he learned the whole day because he wasn't tired. He wasn't exhausted. He wasn't falling apart. He wasn't. The next step, he says, davening. Davening, he says. The stipend's picture of davening is two hours a day for davening. Tinshakras, minchamar, benching, etc. These are about two hours a day for. 
So the 10 hours Yusuf, he has, he has, he has 14 hours left. The person needs 2 hours a day to relax, to eat, to take a walk, etc. That leaves you with 12 hours to learn. See, so he didn't say you should learn 14 hours, 16 hours, 18 hours, 20 hours. So he sleep 8 hours. Relax for 2 hours. Now some of them need 3 hours. Okay, whatever the number is. He didn't say that you know the goal of Torah is to make you into into this gigantic masmid who's going to learn seventeen hours out of every eighteen hours, twenty five hours of every day. You know, sleep eight hours, relax a little bit, and have a good have, and, and eat your meal normally. You don't have to rush through your meal to get back to base medish, and you can still learn a lot of hours in a day, but use those hours well. So the Torah is not expecting something which is extraordinary from us. But by doing those things step by step by step by step of what is moving us forward, we look back after a year, after two years, and you say, wow, look how much I've really grown. So that's the message of Chagakot.